located at 1730 Frank Campbell Road, Jamestown, Tennessee. If God will help me tonight, I want to preach for just a few minutes on He's 7,000 7, times better. He's 7,000 times better than I thought He was. He's 7,000 times better. See, Elijah is in this place mentally where he feels like he's the only one left. As far as Elijah is concerned, there's nobody else. There's just him. If God's work is going to carry on, it'll be him. If God's word is going to be preached, it's going to have to be him. If, if the next generation knows anything about God, it's going to be him. And the problem is, is that they're after him. They're after his life. I mean, they want to destroy him. The enemy is against him. And in his mind, he has gone from great victory to great defeat. This is Elijah. I mean, who the Bible teaches us that, that was there on, uh, on Mount Carmel and prayed down the fire. Uh, this, this is Elijah who uh, has seen God move time and time again. But now a word has came against him. A letter has been given to him. And it says this, that you're going to die. You're going to die, Elijah. We're coming after you. We're bringing an end to your ministry. We're bringing an end to your manhood. We're bringing an end to every, every memory man will ever have about you. We're bringing an end to all that you are and the God you serve. And Elijah believes it. We should not be surprised when the devil comes telling us lies. But man, we don't have to believe them. Are you with me? The devil will bound up on your shoulder and he'll tell you, he'll whisper this, or so and so, or they think, or preachers think, or, or uh, so and so said, or I, they're doing this because of that, or, or this is going to lead to this. And, and before you know it, in your mind is a thousand letters right out of the depths of hell telling you every reason that you ought to quit and give up and throw in the towel and do nothing else for God. That's where Elijah is. There he is. I read this text and I, I almost in a sarcastic way think poor God poor poor God the only thing he's got is Elijah and, and if, if Elijah don't get it done what's God going to do it sounds funny but we're a lot like that sometimes see what Elijah did is he started saying I have I have I have in, in your moment of trial, if you're not careful, you'll go to listen to all the things that you have done. How faithful you have been. How fervent you have served. All the things that you have accomplished. All, all the reasons that, that God uh, should be being good to you. The reasons you don't deserve what you're going through. You don't deserve having the burden. You don't deserve the battle. You don't deserve the brokenness. This should not be happening to me because I have. Are you with me? But what you're doing is you're making yourself big. 
You're making God small. You're making your problems big. You're making God small. You're making your pain big, but you're making God small. You're making your burden big, but you're making God small. You're making your battle big, but you're making, making God small. You're making your brokenness big, but, you, but you're making God... Is everybody all right? Uh, what I'm saying is, is you're, you're magnifying the wrong thing. You're making things little bigger than what the... And you say, preacher, it don't feel little to me. It ain't supposed to feel little to you. But the fact that it don't feel little to you ought to make God feel that much bigger to you. I go... See, verse number 18, God interrupts him. I, I, Elijah's saying, I have and I have. But you get to 18, and God says, I have. And what I have is bigger than what you have. What I have is more than what you have. Uh, <laughs> Oh my, how much? It's 7,000 times bigger. You see, we, we say, well, God's a good God. He's 7,000. Think of God as good as you can think of Him. He's 7,000 times bigger than that. You, you, you think about God as big as you can think about God. He's 7,000 times bigger than that. You think about I mean, how wise God is. His knowledge and His wisdom. Roland, He's 7,000 times wiser than that. You think about God and how strong He is. And the power of His might. He's 7,000 times stronger than that. You think about God and how gracious He is. Hey, and He's 7,000 times more gracious than that. You think about God and how merciful He is. And I say tonight, He's 7,000, 7,000 times more merciful than you could ever imagine Him to be. Amen. 7,000 times better. He's better. Oh, here He shows some things to Elijah. He shows him, number one, that God's work is more personal than you think it is. It's more, how, how in the world does God know that there, there are knees that haven't bowed? That's what he said. The knees that have not bowed unto Baal, and every mouth that's not kissed him. How could God know that there's knees that haven't bowed? I'll tell you how. Because he knows every person individually he knows you he knows me he knew Elijah he knew those he knew those Elijah did not know amen and it's and it's personal God is interested in you no matter who you are no matter where you are no matter what you bring to the table I mean I don't care what faults you have I don't care what past you have I don't care what you've been through I don't care what your burden is I don't care what your battle is I'm telling you God knows exactly where you're at and God cares for you He's interested in you no matter who you are, no matter where you are. He proves it in the text. He goes through and he talks about the individuality of all these. He talks about Haziel. 
He mentioned him there in, in verse 15. And I think if you were to study Hazel, you'd find that he's a shrewd man. He, he's a man that is looking for opportunity. And when he gets it, he's going to take it. He's, uh, he's, he's the kind of man that, that will take advantage. He's a shrewd man. And then you next one that's mentioned in verse 16 is Jehu. This man is a sudden man. He's the kind that speaks before he thinks. He's the kind of man who leaps before he looks. He'll put you in the mind of Peter when he goes to cutting ears off. Are you with me? So one man's a shrewd man while the other man's a sudden man. And then he mentions Elisha. And Elisha is just a simple man. He has no aspirations, no dreams, no desires. He's simply plowing in the field that God's placed him in when the man of God comes by his way. Just a man willing to be used. He's available, but he's making no assumption. And if he stays in the field, he's fine with that. But if God fetches for him, he'll go where he sends him. So one man is a shrewd man, the other man is a sudden man, and the other man is a simple man. And you know what? God knows all three. And they are different in their personality. They're different in their talents. They're different in their ability. They're different in many ways. And God says, I'm going to use them all. I'm going to use them all. What you need to understand tonight is you may not be like somebody else, and that's okay. You may not do what somebody else can do. That's okay. You may not be able to, to, to achieve what others might achieve. That's okay. But God has a purpose, and God has a plan, and God wants to use you. God's work is more personal than you think it is. You don't have to be like someone else. All God wants is for you to just give your all for Him. It would be unreal. I mean, I cannot fathom what it would be like if one body of believers, one church, would decide that they don't need to compare themselves to anybody else in the church and just do what God says. I'm talking about in every aspect. I can't control how faithful you are. You can't control how faithful I am. But I can be faithful. I can't control how fervent you are. I can't control how, 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 how serious you take the things of God. I can't make you committed. I can't make you give of yourself. Amen. Like God would have you to. I can't do that. I can't preach it into you. I can't pray it into you. I can't beat it into you. I can't be mean. I can't be sarcastic. I can't be funny enough. I don't have the ability, nor can you do it for me. But I can do it for me. I can decide that no matter how fervent you are, I'm going to be fervent. No matter how faithful you are, I'm going to be faithful. No matter how fruitful you are, I'm going to be fruitful. Are you with me? That ain't what we do. We come in and because somebody else is not doing what we've been doing, we feel like we're doing too much. 
or what we're doing is not appreciated. We either feel too good about ourselves or we feel too bad about them. Amen. Oh, me. I told somebody recently, I said, there's one thing that you can count on is that you can't count on people. It doesn't matter how much I want it. It doesn't matter how much I desire it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how many times I've, I've talked about it, how many times I've shared my vision. It doesn't matter. None of those things. None of those things matter. Because the only person I can control is me. But if you're not careful, you're not careful when you start taking care of me all you'll begin to see is me and you'll start saying I have I have I have I have and see <coughs> there's a balance in this God is so personal that you can trust him to take care of them as much as he's taking care of you. And when you feel like it's your responsibility to take care of them and straighten them out and get them back in church and get them to do this and get them to do that and you're, you're going to get them, you're going to get them. You're taking ownership of something that ain't yours. And on the back side of it, what you want to say is I have, I have, I have. But what God's wanting you to do is get to the place where you can trust Him. And if He says go, go. If He says do, do. If He says stand, stand. And whatsoever He says, thou doest. That's what He wants. That's what He wants. It's that personal. It's that personal. When God called me to preach, as far as I know, only person... Got called to preach, or God was dealing with, was me. That's how far as I know. That's it. I don't, I don't know. When I was under conviction, I got saved. As far as I know, what nobody else in the building under conviction, but I was. I was. And God's dealt with me countless times after that. And it's, I don't know about anybody else, but I know for me, God's dealing for me. That's what God told me to do. That's why when you come to me and you say, God's told me to do this, I, I, sometimes I don't know if He has or not. I ain't got much confidence in it. Yeah. But if, if you say he did, I don't know. God's God. Yeah. And you know God and I ain't your Holy Ghost. Right. Right. Is everybody okay? Amen. I don't know. But I know this, He knows. Amen. His work is personal. Amen. And if you would work on your personal relationship with Him, everything else will fall into place. You know what's helped me in recent days? And sometimes I still need to vent. Sometimes I fly off the handle and I need to say things because I'm mad. And I, I, need to, I need to be loud and animated. And I need to, I need to be angry and, and, and red-faced. And I can't do that with everybody. And I, I do that with the people I'm closest to. So a lot of times, Dad, Dad catches a lot of my venting. But I've got to talk to somebody. I've got because it's building up on it. And if it don't, I am going to explode. And I'll say what I ought to do is this and what I ought to do is that and what I ought to say and what I ought to do and, and this and that and the other. And I just, I mean, I let it roll and let it rip. 
you know what? God's taught me. If I just get all that stuff out of me and focus on my relationship with him, I'm a better preacher. I'm a better pastor. I'm a better person. I'm a better husband. I'm a better father. I'm a whole lot better things if I just work on my relationship with him. And realize I can't help it when people lie. I can't help it when people don't do what they're supposed to. I can't help it when people don't put stuff back. I can't help it when people tear stuff down. I can't do nothing about it. I can't fix it. I can't change it. I can't undo it. But what I can do is I can be what God's called me to be. I can serve like God's called me to serve. I can walk in the light that God gives me to walk in. That's what I can do. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a work that's personal. Then look at this. It's a work that's profitable. It's more profitable than you think it is. Elijah's feeling alone. Feels like everything he's done seems to have been in vain. Is that on how you feel? Yeah. Tiffany, can I use you? I, I, I'm going to tell you what I think the devil's saying to you, okay? You didn't do what all the other kids did in high school. You rode the bus and you came to church. You got born again, got saved. Tried to live clean. You ain't went boy crazy and dated a hundred different ones. You ain't, you ain't gave out your body trying to get attention. You, and then, and then you, you, you give your life to serve in the church, to work in the school, and to work on a bus ministry. And you, and you stay and you help your mama. And the one that ought to raise and took care of you, you're taken care of. And you're paying bills you oughtn't have to pay and dealing with burdens you oughtn't have to burden. And your body's broke, broken down and you got this problem, you got that problem. And, and what the devil's trying to tell you is that everything you've done for God is in vain because look where it's got you. Here you are sitting in the church house on a Sunday night crying, not knowing where you're going to turn. Is everybody all right? You see, what I could have done is I could have said the same thing about you in times that you've been and places you've been and things you went through. See, the reason I can say that to her is because every bit of that's been said to me. And it wasn't by the preacher, but it was by somebody else trying to destroy my, my work and my labor and my love for the Lord. But you know what? I mean, the work that we do for Him, the things we do for God are more profitable than what we even realize. I want to say they're 7,000 times more profitable. The devil tell you it's all in vain. Sometimes you can even go to church and get discouraged. Huh? You ever been to a meeting and, and some visiting pastor get up, talk about how many hundred they seen saved, about how many, how many thousand they got sitting in church, what their love offerings is, what they got for pastor appreciation? Help me somebody. Start, I mean, just Brother Chuck, man, they start saying all that stuff and everybody's rejoicing and I'm sitting there thinking, man, I ain't. I ain't doing no good because I ain't seen hundreds saved and I ain't running thousands. If I am, I ain't caught them all yet. I ain't, I just, I ain't there. And you listen to how, what, what's going on in their life, what's going on in their ministry, what's going on in their church, what's going on in their community and you walk away and if you're not careful, what, what should have encouraged you will discourage you. And you'll think, man, what I'm doing ain't nothing. This is all in vain. My, my choir ain't the size it could be. My church ain't the size it could be. But, you know what? It's more profitable than you think it is. 
What do you mean, preacher? Look at this. Here, <coughs> Elijah is at this, this cave. He's on this mount. And the Lord comes by and tells him, there's 7,000 that haven't bowed the knee. There's 7,000. Yeah. Listen, it ain't all bad. I went up fast pace the other day. You, you remember the story? Went up out the other day and the receptionist, I'd never, as far as I know, never met her before in my life, but I spoke and she, that my voice, she knew exactly who I was. She said, you're that preacher on the radio. She said, I listen to you every Sunday. Man, it, it, it thrilled me to death because I, I didn't think nobody listened. And, and the all, only interaction I ever get is, is hate mail. I've got a Calvinist that writes me on, on a monthly basis. She lives down on the park road somewhere. God bless her heart, ma'am. Thank you for listening today. And, and it, it, it helped me so much to just walk in and hear her say, I listen to your program. I got, I got a man that texts me every Sunday, and he, he says, good preaching, preacher. Enjoy that preacher. He listens to the broadcast. Man, it's a blessing. I, I, I went to Washington, and what's the, the dairy farmer's name? Conrad. Conrad. Went out there and I preached, preached the year before a message on, uh, on God's, God's treasures. And uh, didn't think much about it. Just another message, just another service. Nothing, didn't get wild, didn't get out of the banks. I didn't think nothing about it at all. D didn't think, and I was out there and man, it, I was ready to be home. Wasn't feeling good. And... Uh, different things and he come up to me and he said he said brother curtis he said i just want you to know that that message that you preached on on being a treasure for god has got me through the last year he said our farm has been through some hard times and he said my family's been through some hard times and he said every time something comes up he said i just go back and remind myself that this is part of the process it's just part of the process and I'm coming on the other side of this. I'm going to come out better. Glory. This is just part of the problem. Man, I begin to weep. He began to weep. Yeah. A couple days later, there's another lady come up to me. She, she visited from another church in another town. And she only made it for that one night. And she came up to me and she said, I was hoping I'd get to hear you preach tonight. She said, but, but I want to let you know that the message you preached last year on, on becoming a treasure for God, that it's got me and my family through the last year. And we've been through some hard times, but God sure helped us. Yeah. And I didn't know nothing about it. Yeah. I, I didn't know, I couldn't remember Conrad's name. I still don't know the other lady's name. I don't know the lady at Fast Pace's name. There's a lot that I don't know. But he knows. Yeah. He knows. Yeah. What I'm saying is it's more profitable than you know. Amen. There's 7,000 that have not bowed the knee. But where'd they come for? from? Where'd they hear about God? Elijah says he's the only prophet preaching. There ain't nobody else preaching. There ain't nobody else saying what God's saying. It's just, so who, who else could it be? Where did the 7,000 come from? Him. The result of Elijah's ministry. But he don't know nothing about it. Is everybody all right? 
What I'm saying is, is there's 7,000 that saw Elijah serve God and decided they wanted to serve God. They saw Elijah be faithful. So they decided they'd be faithful. And Elijah didn't know about it. He didn't know who they are. He didn't know where they were. But somewhere along life's journey, his path crossed with their path. And God met in the middle. And lives were changed. What I'm saying is this, is you're never going to know on this side of eternity what God's used you for. It's more profitable. It's more personal. It's more powerful. I'm about done. Look at this. He said thousand. <laughs> Seven, of course, number of completion. Then he said 7,000. I'm not thinking about that. A thousand is a number in the Bible that teaches us about the power of God. How? How does it teach us about that? Well, it teaches us that God is not limited by the expanse of time. He's not bound by time. Where do you see that, preacher? Well, the day of the Lord is a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. What seems like a long time to you ain't no time to him. You see, just because you haven't seen it on your timetable doesn't mean that God's not got it on His timetable. And God's so powerful that He can work it out in His time when we're out of time. You know what, what many of us preachers do? We glean from the men that have gone on before us. <clears throat> Though their time has run out, God's timing has not. And their faithfulness in their time, God extended it throughout time. Boy, that's good. I mean, that's some real good stuff. I, they ought to be pens and papers flying everywhere. Expanse, he, he, that thousand talks about not just the expanse of time, but the extent of the enemy. In Joshua 23.10, One man of you shall chase a thousand. For the Lord your God... He it is that fighteth for you, as he hath promised. His power goes beyond the numbers of the enemy. You say, we're outnumbered, preacher. No. There's a thousand of them and one of us. Yeah, but we've got God. I seen a, I seen a little cartoon. And... Uh, <coughs> There's this little bitty kid. He was chasing this group of, of young men. I'm not going to give the details of it. But anyway, this little kid was chasing these young men. These young men looked like gangsters. They looked rough, thugs. And this little boy was running them. I mean running them down the road. And you, you'd see them running, you'd see him running after them. You'd see them running, you'd see him running after them. And he's dressed like he's going you know, to whip them. And then it zooms out a little bit. And you see that boy has got him a pit bull. And he's chasing. And that boy thinks, that little boy thinks they're running from him. He don't realize that there's a pit bull on the backside of him. That's really got them scared. When the children of Israel went into the army here and they went down to fight, they, one man would run after a thousand and a thousand would flee. But it wasn't because they was afraid of the one. 
Well, yeah, it was. It just wasn't the soldier. It was the sovereign one. They didn't just see him, but they saw him. And when they saw him, they were no longer concerned about him. And they took off and fled. Hey, because greater is he. Somebody help me preach. The expanse of time, the extent of the enemy, the enormity of the request. Deuteronomy 1. The Lord your God hath multiplied you. And behold, ye are this day as the stars of heaven for multitude. That sounds like a lot. Don't that sound like a lot? The Lord God of your fathers make you. Now this is Moses' prayer. The Lord God of your fathers make you a thousand times so many more as you are. So God says that they're as the stars of heaven. And Moses' prayer is that they'd be a thousand times more than what they already are. What, I, what are you saying? I'm saying God's bigger than the enormity of your request. He's a thousand times more than you are right now. Preacher, I've got a big problem. Yeah, but you've got a bigger, you've got a bigger God. Preacher, I, I've, got, I've got a big need. Yeah, but you've got a bigger God. Preacher, I, I've got big hurt. I understand, but you've got a bigger God. I, I've got big pain. I understand, but you've got a bigger God. I, I've, got, I've got a big past, and I, I've got this, and, and I've got that, and there's all the reasons I can't. Well, he can. He can. You've got a bigger God tonight. Bigger than the enormity of the crest. He's bigger than the efforts of the enemy. You've been listening to a gospel program presented by the Canaan Independent Baptist Church, 1730 Frank Campbell Road, Jamestown, Tennessee, and conducted by Pastor Curtis Cravens. You have a special invitation to attend services Sunday mornings, Sunday nights, and Wednesday nights. If you would like to write, the address is Canaan Independent Baptist Church, P.O. Box 771, Jamestown, Tennessee, 38.